Hey guys, morning. If you're joining us on a Sunday or catching up later in the week, great to be here with you. I'm going to be bringing the message today. I've been pondering over the last few weeks as to what I could encourage us with or look into together and I keep coming back to this idea of truth and what is truth. Um, particularly at the moment, I think if you're like me, truth seems a very grey area and even not so long ago, things which were certain or true or sure, all of a sudden now, everything is questioned. And I think particularly, I guess, because of the pandemic we find ourselves in and God willing, we can move out of as soon as possible. There seems to be anything that you can read or look at that would give you something to back up any theory or any thought you would have. Well, I was thinking about this, I came across the story um, of George Riddell, who was the chap to start the newspaper, The News of the World, which you may or may not have heard of. And it says this, in the early 1900s, George Riddell acquired the sensational London newspaper, The News of the World. Meeting British journalist Frederick Greenwood one day, Riddell mentioned that he owned a newspaper. He told Greenwood its name and offered to send him a copy. The next time they met, Riddell asked Greenwood what he thought of the news. I looked at it and then I put it in the waste paper basket, said Greenwood. And then I thought, if I leave it there, the cook may read it. So I burned it. If you're like me, then you might think, why do they print some things? Why do they write that? It's such, it sounds so far-fetched and so far from the truth, but yet it has an audience. And for many things, oh, I'd rather put it in a waste paper basket and burn it. And we question, what is truth anymore? What areas in our life are we being deceived in? What areas in our life do we walk in truth in? Winston Churchill once said that men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of them pick themselves off and hurry away quickly as if nothing had ever happened. And I think that's quite a true saying, isn't it? I wonder what we base truth on. A big aspect, I think, is we base whether we think something is true depending on how it makes us feel. How does it sit with me? Do I feel peaceful about this? Does it make me feel uncomfortable? Does it make me feel uneasy? Is there something inside of me that does or doesn't agree with what someone's saying or what I've read? So often my feeling I would use to gauge whether something's true or not. A big example could be evidence. Hopefully you would, if there's evidence to something, maybe you're more likely to believe it. Have I seen it before? Have I heard it? Have I been to a place? Have I touched this thing that I can believe that it's true? I'm reminded of the story in the Bible where Thomas, also called Doubting Thomas, says that I won't believe that Jesus has risen from the dead until I can put my fingers through the holes in his hands. Sure enough, Jesus meets him and he does exactly that. Jesus goes on to say, saying, Blessed are those who believe, even though they have not seen. But yet Thomas needed this evidence 
to put his hand on something concrete before he would believe it. And I guess some of us can be like that, and often rightly so in certain circumstances. Also experiences. Have you experienced something before? Have you been somewhere or encountered something? What do we use that we've done in our past to gauge whether something is true? I don't know if any of you have ever done any building work. Maybe you've built a house or maybe you struggle to put a picture frame up. Whatever you've done or tried, you often need to make sure whatever you're building is straight or it's true or it's plumb. And to do that, you'd often use a spirit level or a plumb line. In America, they call a spirit level a truth stick, which I think is quite a good word to use here. So you use a truth stick or a spirit level and you put it on whatever you're building or creating. And that will give you a definite, that is straight, that is true. Whatever I'm putting up, if as long as I put it up that way, it will end up true. Although, if you're like me, you then go back to it later and tilt your head and you think, I've still managed to put that up wonky. But I wonder if we use that as a guide. What do we use in our lives as that truth stick? What do we gauge whether something is true or something is a lie? A lie is the opposite of truth, but also deception is something which turns us or steers us away from the truth. It leads us away from what is right and what is true. In 1 Corinthians 3.18, it says, Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools, so that you may become wise, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. In other words, if you think you're smart and you've got it all sorted out, you probably definitely don't. There's a man in the Bible called Saul who later becomes Paul and ends up writing a lot of the New Testament. And he is quite like the passage in Corinthians. He's quite like that. He was very clever, very knowledgeable, knew the Bible and knew what he thought was right. But yet he was a complete fool because his heart was full of hate and he didn't understand what he was reading. And he was going to find these Christians to put them to justice when in fact it was him that needed justice. And he met God on the way to Damascus. And after encountering that experience with, with, with Jesus, he actually became blind. And we can read later on in Acts 9, I encourage you to read it for yourselves, it says, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see. He got up and he was baptised. See, there was something that was stopping Saul from being able to see what was true. There was something that was in his eyes that was deceiving him. And it wasn't until that was gone, until Jesus took that away, that he knew what the truth was. I don't know if you're watching this and you're a Christian or not, but I think that example of coming to know Jesus is that real moment of those scales falling from your eyes and finally seeing what is true in life. I know for myself, I became a Christian uh, when I was 18. Um, thank God I was raised in a Christian home and I was taught really well by my parents but to come to a relationship with Jesus is a personal choice and for me it wasn't until I was later on in life as I said and 
At the time I was travelling around the world and I guess in a way I was looking for truth in many areas and there was none. There was only deceit. There was only things that would fade, that would rot, that would not bring any truth. In fact, they would bring the opposite. They would lead me away from the truth. And I came to that Saul moment where that almost the, the scale is not physically, but I, I knew, God, you are true. And after I committed my life to him, I can see everything else, everything else is, is pointless, it's foolish, it's deceit, unless you know God, unless you're following God. Jesus is asked um, later on in the Bible by, uh, by Thomas in John 14, and he says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? I guess that's a question I know I've asked myself a lot recently. Even if you're a Christian, it doesn't mean you always know which direction you're going or that you have life sorted. Far from it. But I do know I've got someone to ask. And just like Thomas is asking here, if I don't know where you're going, how can I follow you? In the midst of your busyness, whatever you're doing in your life, whether you work, whether you don't work, whether you have family, whether you're single, whatever you do, I'm sure you find busyness in life and you ask yourself that question, I don't know which direction I'm going. Thankfully, Jesus answers him and he says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. If we want to know the way to God, it is through Jesus Christ. We have access to a living God. We have a relationship with a living God because of what Jesus has done. He says, I am the way. I am the way to the Father. How does that look practically? Well, to know Jesus to know which direction he's leading you you would need to spend time with him and a, a good way that I find particularly in the busyness is if I get time to go for a walk either with a dog or, or or with the kids or whoever it is if I can have just five ten minutes of that quiet time or even longer when I'm walking I imagine that Jesus has stood next to me and I talk with him and and I talk about what I'm going through and my feelings and thoughts and just spend time with him, talking to him and giving him praise. And, and much like if you had a good friend, when you have a good natter and you open up, if you really connect with a good friend, you almost know what they're going to say before they say it. And the more time I spend walking with Jesus or reading his word, the more I understand which way he is guiding me. I won't know the way which he would direct my feet if I don't spend time letting him guide me. And Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the truth. There's no grey area. There's no opinion. Jesus is truth and I take him at his word. He even starts a lot of his, um, when, when he's relating with people, he often addresses them and starts by saying, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. In Matthew 5, Matthew 18, Matthew 21, 
if he's speaking to people and they're confused or he wants them to know, listen here, or there's any deceit or grey area, I tell you the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so if I believe Jesus is who he says he is, if he has set me free, if I trust that he is true, then I trust what he says. I take him at his word. And so what does Jesus say? What are these truths that Jesus says to me? What are the truths that he says to you? Here are just a few examples. Ephesians 5, he says, You are no longer darkness, but light in my son. Walk as children of light. He says in Matthew 5, You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill. Me, you, we are at light for others. And to Peter, Jesus says, I have called you. In Revelation 17, he says, I have chosen you. And so these are truths that he says about you and I, that we are chosen, that we are forgiven. These are truths that we can stand on. And I don't know about you, but the times in my life where I feel anxious or worried or unpeaceful in my own spirit are often times when I've believed my own truth and that's based on how I feel how my day has been and how people have related to me if my pride's been hurt if I've been offended then I'll speak things over myself which are not true which are deceiving myself and I have to turn myself back and align myself back to God's word and say, no, that, that is not truth. Because I am called. I am chosen. I am dearly loved. You are called. You are chosen. You are dearly loved. And as we speak God's truths over our lives, that brings freedom. That brings freedom from anxiety, freedom from depression, freedom from, from uh, feeling trapped in this life. Actually, we're not slaves to this world, but we are free because of what Jesus has done. And that is truth in action through Jesus. So when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, I know that to be true. Perhaps if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus, you've never really thought about him, or maybe you're debating him, don't take me at my word, but go and find out for yourself. Be brave and ask, God, if you are true, if you are who you say you are, I want to meet you. I want to encounter you somehow over the next days or weeks. Reveal yourself to me, Lord, through, through miracles, through dreams, through visions, through pictures, however it would be. If you are who you say you are, which I know you are. Speak to me. That's a big, brave prayer to pray. And I hope in some way that this has been useful for all of us, just to remind ourselves of God's truths, of Jesus' truths, not only over us, but as we seek to follow him, to know that he is true and he is who he says he is. And I hope that next time, if you're presented with something which makes you feel uneasy or you're wondering is this true am I being deceived which way do I need to go that you get that truth stick that spirit level that you come to Jesus 
and you ask him to reveal his truths and his direction for your paths because he will make your way straight. Hope and pray in the coming days that you know God's leading, that you know his way, that you know his truth and you know that through him you can have life. God bless you.